And uh, God doesn't waste anything. Absolutely nothing. He wastes nothing. So for the next few moments, I want you to look over with me to Mark 11. Very familiar passage, but it begins, that chapter begins, Jesus is making his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. He goes into the temple, of course, and drives out the money changers. And he says, you've made my father's house a den of thieves, but it's, it's supposed to, it is a house of prayer. Now, as he's leaving Jerusalem, he passes by, he's hungry and he passes by a fig tree. And verse 14 says, the next day, as he, verse 12, as he left Bethany, Jesus was feeling hungry. He noticed a leafy fig tree in the distance, so he walked over to see if there's any fruit on it. There was none on only leaves, for it wasn't yet the season for bearing figs. Jesus spoke to the fig tree, saying, No one will ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples overheard him. Notice, he, he just spoke to the fig tree. Move down a little further, and you find out that Jesus, he'd just driven the merchants out of the temple here. And in the morning, they passed by the fig tree that Jesus spoke, and it was completely withered from the roots up. And Peter said, he remembered what Jesus said and said, Teacher, look, the fig tree that you cursed. Now, Jesus, the Bible didn't say Jesus cursed the fig tree. He just spoke to it. Peter said he cursed it. And it's, you got to read the Bible, right? right? Even in the King James, same, same thing. Yeah. He spoke to it. Yeah. And if you remember, the fig tree has quite a history. Yeah. It was fig leaves that Adam sewed together to, to hide he, he and Eve after they'd eaten and been dis, disobedient with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I've shared that story today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it, but... The, the other part of the fig tree was Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus? He, he was short in stature, but he climbed what the, what the King James calls a sycamore tree is actually a sycamore fig tree. It's a fig tree. He's hiding in the fig tree, trying to get a look at Jesus. Adam's hiding in the fig leaves, trying to get away from God. amazing the history if you read the Bible Zacchaeus is in the fig tree he's hiding from the people now he wants to get but Jesus spots him now let me ask you this question I, I was really contemplating this deal about how Adam is hiding and God comes and he says Adam where are you and you've you, I've already told you that I believe God already knew where he was. And anyone that thinks Adam, God lost Adam, he's around here somewhere last time I saw him. <laughs> and my thing is that Adam was hiding and he had failed. He had disobeyed God. 
but God found him. You know how I know the Lord found him? He comes for the walk that they had every day. And the next words out of the father's mouth is, who told you you were naked? Adam didn't say, jump out and say, surprise, here we are. (laughs) No. He's hiding. Because he knows he's messed up. Jesus comes to the fig tree. There's a whole, whole lot of speculation, but the Bible doesn't really give us commentary on why he cursed it. But I think he's teaching his disciples and you and me something about the power of words when we have our faith in the one that loves us the most and the deepest. And So Jesus speaks to the fig tree and the next day, the morning, overnight, they passed by the fig tree Jesus spoke to and it was completely withered from the roots up. Peter remembered, said to him, now this fig tree could also speak to us of religion. There's a lot of leaves, but there's no fruit. Jesus encountered a lot of these. Say that out loud. That's why you're going to a Baptist and a Methodist Well, you understand that that God has given us revelation and he wants everybody to have the revelation. I, I talked about effervescence and the fruit. The fruit, Galatians 5, verse 22, follow uh, the nine fruit. There's 17 works of the flesh. 17. And they all lead to death. And Paul says, they that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But then he lists all the fruit of the Spirit. And and these are expressions of the fruit. It's not fruit, plural, it's singular. The fruit is love. And all its varied expressions, long-suffering, patience, love is patient. Love is faithful. Ooh, you could just... Read down the list. I'm not going there for the sake of time. But Jesus is, has amazed his disciples because Peter says, that fig tree you cursed, it's now shriveled up and dead. And Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Now, there's, there, here's a, a, an, it's really an adjectival phrase. Adjective, adjectives are involved. They're descriptive. That's what they are. It's translated from the Aramaic. And when he said, the, the scripture in King James says, have faith in God. If you look up the, the Aramaic, and it's possible even translate the Greek text to this adjectival phrase that's have godlike faith or godly faith so how do you do that to have God you got to realize that he made you righteous and so he says listen to this truth I speak to you whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt that's a divided heart doubt is it's a divided heart that's really not sure but really hopes 
it works. Now I'm telling you something I've experienced. I'm really not sure. I, I've never seen it. God's matured me and grown me, grown me into a place where I've, I've become to understand his timing in the prayers and the things that I ask him for. His timing is impeccable because we want it right now. And God sees down the road something of greater importance and impact. Not that he doesn't love us. He'll come and comfort you and help you to have faith and believe as you hope for that that you don't see yet. Even though you may see it with your eyes of faith. So he said, if, you, if your heart's not divided and you have this kind of faith, you can say mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen. Even in the King James, it says, believes that he, what he saith in the King James. But it says here the same thing. Believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. Sister Martha was sharing me testimony before about some things she was speaking and that turned out to happen just like she had believed and was spoke and and the power of our words have God gave us the ability to speak things that he can agree with it's important to know that what you you just can't say anything the devil's looking for somebody to agree with him too like I'm never going to get well he'll agree with that but the Bible said by his stripes we were healed I rather I agree with that by his stripes we were healed I believe the best days are or ahead because the Bible said the pathway of the righteous goes brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Yes. So he says, This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. Now listen, he says, and whenever you stand praying, the Jewish tradition, the ancient Jews believe that uh, someone should be standing when they pray. I'm glad we don't have that religious orthodoxy anymore that we have to follow because we can pray always. We can pray standing. We can pray walking. We can pray kneeling. There's types of prayer. We can pray in the closet, enter into the closet. We can pray different ways but I believe that there is a communion with God that goes much deeper than just a formal kind of prayer it's communion with God it's fellowship with the creator so he says when you stray stand praying if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person release him and forgive him so that your father in heaven will also release and forgive you of your faults then we move on down to the religious leaders again. Here they come. They came into Jerusalem, and while Jesus was walking in the temple courts, the Jewish rulers, the chief priests, certain religious scholars, and the elders approached him, and they said, What right do you have to say and do these things? Notice, 
He said that to the tree. He drove them out of the, he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And they were getting kickbacks, by the way, off the merchants. They were allowing to sell the, the sacrifices. So they're really upset and stirred up. They didn't like him anyway. Who gave you the authority to do all this? And Jesus replied, I got, I got a question for you. Whose authority did John baptize people? From heaven's authority or the people? Boy, he's got them in a quandary now. Because someone who is a fruitless fig tree will never understand the words of a master who is the author and the finisher of our faith. They stepped away and debated among themselves, how shall we answer this? If we say from heaven, they're going to ask us why, he's going to ask us why didn't we believe John? If we say from, uh, the, if we, if we say from people, we fear the crowd for they're convinced that John was a prophet. They came back and they said, we don't know. Jesus said, then neither do I tell you where my power comes from. To do all these. I love Jesus, man. I just love him. Then you go over to chapter 12. Verse 13. They're back again. And they, Jesus has just told some parables that put them on the hook. He knew that they knew he was talking about them because he clears it up that his authority comes from the Father in heaven in these parables. And they sent a delegation of Pharisees to gather with some staunch supports, supporters of Herod and trap Jesus with his own words. So they, they approached him and said, Teacher, we know that you're an honest man of integrity and you teach us the truth of God's ways, we can clearly see you're not one who speaks only to win the people's favor, but you speak the truth without regard to the consequences. So tell us then, what do you think? Is it proper for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And they're whispering under their breath, we got him now. So Jesus saw through their hypocrisy, said to them, why are you testing me? Show me a Roman coin. I got one of those when I was in Israel. That little silver thing with Caesar's inscription, his face on it. And he said, now tell me whose head is on this coin and whose inscription is stamped on it. They said, Caesar's. Jesus said, precisely. The coin, now I want you to read this. The coin bears the image of the emperor Caesar. So you should pay the emperor his portion, but conjunction, because you bear the image of the father. You got to give him all that belongs to him. I told you Sunday, I said, I, I believe that each one of us should look in the mirror and see more than ourselves, Because we're created in his image. And Jesus came to settle the issue so there's no more division or racism or all the stuff they're trying to promote now. Because he said, there, Paul said, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There's no difference in us. If you're in Christ, we become one. Yeah. 
Now, I want to take you to another place that the Lord led me to, and I want you to see this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Paul is encouraging Timothy because Timothy is pastoring a huge church. He's a young pastor, and they're being persecuted severely. They're they're in the midst of all kind of, in a world that's broken and fractured and lost and hateful and don't know Jesus right, like now. So Paul said to Timothy, I'm writing to encourage you to fan the flame. Stir up the gift is what the King James says, but it literally means fan the flame. And rekindle the fire, the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands on you. For God will never give you the spirit of fear. Let me tell you the the anecdote, the remedy for the fear of man. It's the fear of God. It'll deliver you from the fear of man. It'll deliver you from the fear of what they promote and what they try to get you to believe because we have the spirit of truth in us. So he says, for God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. The scripture says, He's giving you the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, that word sound mind means Uh self-control. He'll never give you the spirit of fear. This is how you know the Holy Spirit is living in you. We become effervescent. We become luminescent, if I could use that word, because the scripture I shared with you Sunday is, that God is, the witness of Jesus was that God is perfect light and in him there, pure light, there is no darkness at all. James said, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, from the Father of lights with whom there's no very the shadow of turning. That means there's no darkness. He don't even have a shadow. So the enemy wants to be, you to believe otherwise that he is um, punitive and retributive, that he'll get vengeance one way or the other. So he said he didn't give us the spirit of fear. Adam's hiding because he's afraid. He didn't really know the nature of the father. Because ultimately God found him. And he went and sold fig le- he, he sold fig leaves to cover up. That's the religion. Like the fig tree with the leaves. Gee, I think he was really putting icing on the cake. Because wh- when we, we look at that picture, we see that he's given us the spirit of power. What does that mean? That word comes from dunamis. 
power to do what? Strength. He gives you strength. The Holy Spirit gives you strength. Pray for us. Let me tell you, before I do any, when I go to turning point, I pray in the Spirit on the way there. And I say, Lord, I just need the Holy Spirit to give me strength today. I need to be empowered. What does He empower you to do? He empowers you to believe for things that are just not natural. They're supernatural, not ordinary. He empowers you to believe for the impossible because he's the God who has no impossibilities. The the Bible, Paul said he was so sure of this. He, in prison in Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whoa. Jesus told him, spirit of power. He said, when he, the spirit of truth has come, John 14, he said, he's going to guide you into all truth. That's reality. That's reality. That's what's really real. That, that is not some hyperbole or, or, or something that uh, you, you can't really hold on to. It's solid. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he speaks. You shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So when you think about the power. I think about. The power of your words. They're magnified. Because we are a kingdom of priests. It don't mean that we go around. Just naming stuff. No there's a direction of the Holy Spirit. That he gives us. He gives us the desire of the father's heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I believe the desires of your heart are connected to delighting yourself in the Lord. That you begin to want what he wants. I used to want what I wanted and it was nothing. A scratch in the bucket compared to what he wanted because what he wanted was epic. It was so much more of an adventure. (sighs) So much more of an adventure. One time I was doing takeoffs and landings with my instructor and there was a plane on the end of the runway where I was supposed to, to, to land. And I was so startled that I just came in too high. He said, just fly the plane. Because <laughs> I was focused on the plane on the runway instead of the one I was in charge of. The enemy will distract you. He'll get you distracted. But let me tell you, he's giving you the spirit of power. Power to do what? Power to persevere. Power to hang in there. Even when you go through the fiery furnace. Even when you go through the struggle. Power. Power to do what? Ever the Holy Spirit inspires you to do, power. I was driving into the driveway today and, man, I've been talking to for a a long time. I'm not going to call his name. He's a friend of mine. And so I shared the story of the, he he was quite injured. And I've talked to him on several occasions. And we've talked about, he, he never gets serious with me. 
He talks about sending money to the popes, hoping he'll get in if he sends him enough offering and <laughs> carrying on, you know. And I laugh with him and we carry on and I understand, but I've been praying for him. Drove in today. He asked me to turn my truck off. He has something he needed to ask me. First time it's ever happened in four years. I've been knowing him four years. First time he's ever got serious. He walked over to me and he said, I'm just a sinner. He said, I get mad all the time. He said, I just get frustrated because I can't get it right. I can't fix me. He said, I, I prayed the other night. I said, Lord, just come into my heart. I, he opened the door. He, if he didn't want me to talk about it, he should have never said anything. That's right. That's right. But he's my buddy. Yeah. So I started telling him. I said, let me tell you a story. He said, I'm just a sinner. And I can't change. I said, that's exactly right. You can't change. Neither can I. And I can't change you. But I know somebody that if you get a revelation of this, he'll fix everything that you've tried to fix. And I wanted to tell him, I said, religion always says try harder. The message of religion was always frustrating to me because I never felt like I could measure up. But the message of the kingdom and this awesome God of ours says stop trying so hard. When I took my hands off and let him have charge of it, guess what? That's when the change started happening. The real change. Wow. So I told him, I said, let me tell you about Adam. He's hiding. Because he don't understand. The, he has the wrong perception of God. Even though he's been walking with him. There's something that Adam don't know because he's hiding. Fast forward to Peter. Adam failed. Peter failed. Do you think it was a sin to divide, deny that you knew Jesus? Three times. Jesus knew he was going to mess up and he was going to fail. He told him when Peter said, I'm going to the cross with you. Peter said, I'm going with you. And Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows, You'll deny that you know me three times. So Peter is probably tormented and may have nightmares about a rooster crowing after that night. Let me tell you, occasionally when I hear the Lone Ranger or Batman's son crowing, yeah. that's why I name my roosters. I mean, we got, we got the Lone Ranger and Tonto. And uh, <laughs> one of them, he's got a horse crow. It's really funny to hear him. But every now and then when I hear those roosters, I said, boy, that must be what Peter heard. What a sobering thought that Peter must have been reminded of every morning after that night that the rooster crowed.
Let me ask you, is there anything in your life that reminds you of failure or reminds you of where you missed it or messed up? It's okay because we all have been there. Jesus did never beat Peter up because he missed it. I told this fellow as he stood at my truck door when I turned the engine off. I said, what's the difference in Peter's, in Adam's perspective in Peter's? What, what's the difference? Adam's hiding and Peter is swimming. <laughs> he, he's doing a triathlon to get to Jesus. And Adam is hiding. I said, I'll tell you what it was. I said, no shame, no condemnation. Jesus didn't condemn Peter because he missed it. And Peter knew that. Besides that, the guy that wrote the disciple that Jesus loved about himself told Peter, it's the Lord. <laughs> well, if Peter believes it, I believe it. I'm jumping in. And... We see this transformation. He's given us the spirit of power. The Holy Spirit of power. Power to do what? Overcome failure. Overcome those moments when you don't feel like you measure up. When you don't feel like that you, fit the, you fit the mold. I told him, I said, I said, let me tell you something. I said... I know where you are, but I just want you to know the Father doesn't see me any different than He sees you as far as love's concerned. I said, when you get a revelation of how deeply you're loved, I said, this is going to change your life. So I told him, I said, quit trying so hard. And, and so he's given us the spirit of power of love. That's agape. Give us, the Father shed forth his, his spirit in our heart, crying, Abba, Father, you are our true Father. Love. That ability to love people who rubs you like 80-grit sandpaper. Come on now, I'm, I'm coming home with you, all right? The ability to love people when they got an attitude. Well, <laughs> the ability, I mean, what love will do, it'll give you quick recovery. It'll give you quick, you can't stay in that state of abrasive, offense because if his seed is in you you can't stay where you were never born to stay let me say that again if his seed is in you you cannot abide where you weren't born to abide it, you're coming out of it sooner or later because it'll it, I'm telling you the Bible said John said whoever is born with the seed of God in him cannot sin you know what he's talking about you, you can't habitually live in that state of sinful living and so being born from above whoo, having his DNA oh it's good he's given us the spirit of power Love. 
and a sound mind. I kind of really, you've probably heard me say this. I finish eating a wonderful meal like that, and I said, boy, I feel like more like I do right now than I did a while ago. <laughs> I mean, it's really truth, right? I feel more like I do right now than I did a while ago. <laughs> It's just really general. It's not really descriptive, right? <laughs> like the guy that said, I'm talking about a sound mind now, okay? <laughs> I dreamed I was asleep the other night, and I woke up, and I was asleep. <laughs> yeah. God told me that one time. He said, I dreamed I was awake the other night. And he said, I woke up and I was asleep. <laughs> Sound mind. I'm going to tell you a story about my dad now. Okay. Hang with me since we own this course about a sound mind. Dad said he went to the doctor one time and asked him, he said, doctor, he said, I just need, if you got some kind of medicine I can take to feel younger. <laughs> so he said he gave me these pills and he said, I think I might have took too many of them. I said, they said, why? He said, well, he said, my wife came out the other morning and I saw me, I was crying on the doorsteps. And she said, Junior, what's wrong with you? And he said, I just told her the school bus left me. (laughs) 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 Woo, it's a sight. I told you it was going to be a sight. So... (laughs) He's given us a sound mind, <laughs> regardless of what it looks like. <laughs> so it's important for us to know joy. I don't think he ever meant for church to be a place where we come and act like sticks in the mud. Maybe like a friend of mine told me. <laughs> Like a fox in a stovepipe, upside down, baptizing in pickle juice all night. (laughs) And I'm trying to imagine what that'd be like. (laughs) It's a sight, I'm telling you, I believe that the joy of the Lord becomes our strength, right? It becomes our strength. So... You, you understand when he said he's given us the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. If laughter does good like a medicine, it'll make you whole. Absolutely. So let me show you something else. One more thing, and then we're going to, I know it's 808, and, and you guys 
are such a blessing. Not taking medicine, okay, yeah. If you're taking medicine, it's 809. You won't miss the <laughs> That's so good. So <laughs> he said, so never be ashamed. After he says, I've given you the spirit of power, love, and of sound mind, Paul said to Timothy. So never be ashamed of the testimony of, the, of our Lord. Sister Martha was asking me about prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. That's how you know it's real. So he says, Never be embarrassed over my imprisonment, but overcome every evil by the revelation of the power of God. There's that word again. You know what the power of God is? It's the gospel. The sweet message of truth. It's better than we thought. Or for me, at least. It turned out to be a whole lot better good news than I, I thought it would be. Because this brought a revolution in my life. I'll never be the same and I am not going back. Nothing to go back to, right? So I want you to just understand something about having faith. The God-like faith. Paul said in Romans 12, he's given every person the measure of faith. So what is the measure? It's the Word of God. The Holy Spirit confirming the Word in us so that we have the ability to walk in the fruit of the Spirit and bear the fruit of the Spirit and, and, and so that we just are full of life. So it's important to know that this Word changes us. You can't really understand it unless the Holy Spirit leads the way. And I just want you to know the Holy Spirit is leading us into revelation. That's been there all the time. But it's just been hindered by religious spirits. That wanted you to make, make you think you had to try harder to get God to his, his approval. No. No, he's already fascinated with you. It's amazing. I'm so excited. I want you to stand with me. <clears throat>